Hello. You're listening to Mock Footage. These two pals really like movies, but one of them hasn't seen very many, okay? Our hosts won't be using any nasty language, so you can share this with your grandma. And they will be discussing major plot details, so here's your dang spoiler warning. Hello, listener, and happy Gratitude Day. My name is Joe Langlois, and this week we will be discussing Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. I'm Ray Geroso, and clearly I've seen the first one. Mm-hmm. I, obviously you have. Um, you know, I actually had seen the first one before this movie entered my, my brainosphere. Um, have, you've never seen either of them, correct? Correct. Okay. But I have. What? Wait, have you have you listened to? Well, okay, let's let's reel it back here. Hey, Joe, why are we doing this movie? I was going to ask you the same thing. I was going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> what is this movie? Why are we watching it? Why are we watching a sequel to a movie that you've never seen? What's going on? Tell me. Tell me everything. Uh, um, I don't know if I'm the most qualified, but to my understanding, the McElroy brothers, if you know them, do. A, a yearly podcast, I don't remember the name right now, <laughs> where they watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2? Uh-huh. And dissect it every year. Yeah. And it's around this time of year. I think it it's is for... released for, on American Thanksgiving every year. It's, okay. So we're doing that mock footage style now. <laughs> I've never seen any of it. And it's gonna be great. It Joe, is. why are we watching this? I mean, you you got it. Like, um, what's the name of the podcast? The name of the podcast is "Till Death Do Us Blart," or right, or "Death Blart" for short. Um, <laughs> which is ironic. Once we watch the movie, you'll know why. Because um, he never dies; he's <laughs> immortal. <laughs> but like, I I definitely listened to that podcast when it first came out three or four years ago, and. I, it, when you start listening to it, they say you should go watch the movie before you listen to the rest of the show. And I did that. And it was an experience. And I then did make a tradition of watching the movie every year. Hmm. I, and this is this year's watch, huh? I, I have sinned. I bought this movie so that I could watch it every year. And I have to carry that pain, but I would not, I'll say it right up front. I would not recommend that anyone pay money to watch this movie. Mm, okay, that's good. That's great. Yeah, so tell me what happens in it. Okay, uh, so you get a two-for-one, kind of, uh, after successfully defending Rivera Mall Center from weapons dealers in the first movie. Okay, yeah. Uh, mall officer Paul Blart and his daughter Maria take Ooh. a vacation. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they get an all-paid vacation to a hotel casino in Vegas. Okay. Um... And, you know, the first half of the movie is just kind of, like, getting used to the new setting, kind of setting up the character relationships that we're going to see growth, definite growth from in the second half. Uh, but there, uh, Officer Blart gets pulled into another situation, and he has to stop a bunch of thieves from stealing money from the casino. He's off duty, but he gets pulled into the situation for safety reasons, to protect both him and his daughter. 
meanwhile, the B plot is also between is between him and his daughter, where his daughter's he has to deal with his daughter growing up and and uh, accepting the fact that she's going off to college and is learning to like boys. Uh oh. Uh oh. And uh, that that's the movie. He wins. He stops the the thieves. He gets a little money from it, and he learns to accept that his daughter's growing up and going to college, but is still, like, really rude to all the boys that approach her. Okay. Because this is a comedy. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's Paul Blart and his daughter Maria, and are any of these suitors that approach her particularly important, or is it more kind of like a, a rogues gallery of, of men dying at her feet? Um, there's one guy, like, she actually, like, ends up, like, wooing with, like, because they spend time at the pool, um, just hanging Uh out, and they're cool. Uh, and then Kevin James Blart, oh, Kevin James plays Paul Blart. Kevin James just kind of, like, looks at him, and he kind of, like, is gone for the rest of the movie, and we never get a resolution from it. Okay. Okay. The boy just kind of goes away, but, like, it's set up. Like, it's definitely set up like he's the love interest. Right, and then he's disappeared. And, like, she's upset about this. And it causes a rift between the two of them. And that's Paul Blart Mokhoff, too. It's great, family-friendly American comedy. Sorry, where did you say that they were on vacation at? A hotel casino in Vegas. Okay. It's called, um... The the hotel is called the the Pyramid Scheme. Okay. I love the pyramid scheme, but that is a music venue in Grand Rapids. Um, oh my god! <laughs> Don't dox yourself. <laughs> wow. Uh, That's it. That's the movie. We don't have to dissect anything else. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, you, you haven't seen this movie, and you haven't listened to Till Death Blart. I listened to Death Blart one. Oh, you did listen to the, the a long first time installment ago. a long time ago. Okay, a very long time ago. Did you ever listen to the the Good Boys Girls episode on Death Blart? Nope, I'm behind on our our sister podcast. Okay, um, interesting. Does Paul Blart have a love interest or any? He has a wife. Uh huh. Played. By and then what happens? Played by Amy Adams, but <laughs> in the second movie, they're divorced, <laughs> and he's sad about it. Uh huh. Sure. And he and part of the reason and part of <laughs> and part of the reason why he doesn't want his daughter to get involved with boys is because he do, he doesn't want her heart to get broken like his did. Okay, I see. I see. Um, a little bit of projecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember, like, overeating humor. I'll put that in heavy parentheses, or uh, quotation uh-huh. marks, um, being a big part of this movie. Did any of that stick out to you? Were there any, like, food jokes, again, in quotation marks, that uh, really hit you? Um, there's the recurring buffet joke where Paul Blart is always like is like asking about when the buffet is open and it's revealed that it's like it's because it's Jimmy it's Buffett 24/7. is playing there that night uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
It's 24-7. It's 24-7. So the buffet is always it's open. It's 24-7, but, but he keeps asking about it. Right. Okay. That's funny. Um, That's... Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, There's that really g- funny running gag that, like, some of the boys make fun of Maria's body because she's a, a larger-ish. She has a bigger body than the normal woman. Okay. And it's funny. And, like, she finds that attractive. Oh, no. And it's yeah, bad? Yeah, this movie is pretty bad, so I definitely buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the... I think I rem- Okay, this is taken from Death Blart, I think. I think that there's a... A drone scene? I think there's a yeah. scene with a drone in it. <laughs> I, you know what? I've seen this movie multiple times, but I can't say for sure right now whether or not that's true. <laughs> I think... I think... Paul Blart uses a drone at some point. I th- I think is is what happens yeah. to to like follow some people, and mm. you're like, this drone is realistically this drone is loud. Why can't anyone hear it? Now you mentioned earlier that he is immortal. Um, what evidence do you have to back up that? Claim? He gets shot. He does get shot. How many times? I mean, in the first movie, it was like three times, and okay. this one, it's more than three. Right. To, to up the tension. Like, is he immortal? Like, does he uh, get injured? No, there's no blood and he bounces back. It's like he's wearing a... a, a he mentions that he's not wearing, you know, a, right. a, 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 a bulletproof vest, but he's fine. He's like Michael Myers. Yes, he gets up. He gets up. He's, he's from the Myers lineage. <laughs> Um, were there any sidekicks or villains that stick out to you? Oh, there's the, oh, there's the scene reenactment that they do of, um, oh, what's that, of Ocean's Eleven, Mm -hmm. where they're coming down on, like, the long rope trying to steal a diamond, but this time it's just, like, a golden dog. It's like a golden pug. Okay. Like a, wait, like a statue or like a pug that's painted gold? Oh, no, no. A statue, because there's a key code inside it. Okay. Uh (laughs) That they need, that they need to access the money vault. Okay, Ray, I will say straight up, that scene is not in this movie, but it would totally fit. Like, (laughs) I think it could be. (laughs) Are you accepting the fact that that also happens in Ocean's Eleven? Uh, the someone coming down on a rope to uh-huh. steal something? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Um, so the characters who set that up are like the original actors from Ocean's Eleven. Oh, and they're they all there. A fun. Well, all eleven men. <laughs> all eleven Ocean's men from Ocean's Eleven. Just a Frank great Ocean. Yeah, Frank, Frank Ocean, Ocean. Willie Ocean, Dad Ocean. <laughs> Okay. Junior's there. For a little bit of context to uh, the listener, we did try to do Ocean's Eleven recently, uh, and we weren't able to... It was a bad energy. We're going to come back to it, but I'm really excited for that episode now. (laughs) I still have that plot in mind. Don't worry. (laughs) Oh, man. All Eleven Oceans made an appearance uh, in this this, this movie. Uh, During that one scene, they're like part of the gang... Yeah. And that's the only scene they're in. Okay. 
Now, I don't want to spend any more time on this movie than it warrants, but I do want to ask you, uh, before we get out of here and start watching this, um, this, um, well, before we start watching it, um, what was the funniest thing that you remember <laughs> from the movie? Um, oh, uh, uh, I'm so- I'm sorry. I thought I was I was trying to think of a funny thing, but I'm like in the mindset of like funny for this movie. So what I imagined uh-huh. Officer Blart pushing over an old lady so he can get to his Segway and that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> and I feel really bad right now. <laughs> like I feel disgusting for even thinking that. Okay, well you're stuck to it now. And what was your favorite line? From the movie. Oh, that that one's easy. Um, when he does a good thing and Maria's there, and he's like, "Blartastic, yeah." And Maria's like, "Yeah, Dad, it was Blartastic." Uh, to humor him, man, poor Maria, right? Poor Maria deserves better. Continues to deserve better. Pour pour out some popcorn for Maria. <laughs> no, I need. Well, yeah, but I need to eat it. Yeah. I'll pour it out into your mouth. It'll be a scene from uh, Paul Blair Mall Cop 2. No! <laughs> it's time for me to read some ads. This week, we are supported by the Lunar Light Studio Network, our podcast family. Um, and before I get into them, I do want to say real quick that if you want an ad read on this show, you can go to the Incoming Transmissions tab on the LunarLightStudio.com website. So go check it out if you would like to hear something promoted or maybe just a friendly hello to one of your friends that you know listens to the show. Anyway, to get into it, the first podcast that I meant to tell you about this week is The Good Boys Girls. And I think that we covered this one last time, but it's important for me to tell you about The Good Boys Girls because it is a fan podcast for the McElroy family of products hosted by actual real-life girlfriends Lily Blue and Haley Rose. The Good Boys Girls is your first stop in discovering or celebrating everyone's favorite web creators, the McElroy Brothers. Airing every other Friday on Lunar Light Studio or wherever else you might get your podcasts, The Good Boys Girls, a better way to cook. That's not their actual tagline, it's just what I want to say every time. It has like the perfect cadence. And if you listen to McElroy products, or probably a lot of podcasts, you'll know that that's a Blue Apron thing. Anyway, there's some free advertisement for you, Blue Apron. Uh, yeah, The Good Boys Girls covers McElroy shows, and we're kind of talking about a McElroy show this week because Till Death Do a Splar is with the McElroy brothers and uh, Tim and Guy from The Worst Idea of All Time. And uh, The Good Boys Girls did an episode cover Podcasts, man, we are really kind of... Losing the plot on this, huh? We really did as many degrees of separation as possible, huh? Now now there needs to be... Alright, you listener out there, make a podcast about um, your friend who hasn't listened to mock footage yet and have them try to guess what Ray will say the movie is about. Okay? Okay, don't do that, please. Come on. Come on, you know it's a joke. Um, but yeah, The Good Boys Girls is excellent, and y'all should listen to it and... Yeah, there you go. That's your ad. Uh, the other one 
and I'm going to talk to you about this week is the Trans Questioning Podcast, which is a show about what it means to be transgender. Every week, Sarah Zedig talks about her transition, the news, and answers questions from listeners. The show frequently features guests with the goal of showing that trans and non-binary people all have different stories and journeys, and that there is no one right way to be trans. That show airs every Monday, much to Garfield's chagrin, and it can be found on Lunar Light Studio, or of course, wherever else your podcasts might live. Um, and the reason that Garfield uh, hates that it comes out on Mondays is because he hates Mondays, and of course also he is trans. So, you know, he, he has to get that drip feed, but he's going to have to wait, you know, until the information isn't as fresh and he can't be as active in the forum. So, um, sorry Garfield, but uh, that's that's the release schedule. Just got to deal with it. Um, yeah, that's all. It, it, I guess enjoy the rest of the episode. I'm, I think I'm just stalling for time because of how upsetting Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 is, but let's get back into it. Wow. Uh, yeah, you, how, how, yeah. What do you want to talk about first, right? I <laughs> I want to talk about how we somehow enjoyed this movie. I mean, it was did, work. Did we? Uh, it's I. It, again, it was work, but I did enjoy watching it with you. Yes. Okay. I guess the better statement here is. There's a reason why the McElroys watch it every year. There's a lot to unpack. There, uh-huh. there is a a lot of stuff to talk about in this movie. There's a lot of stuff, and not all of it is good. Almost none of it is. But but the stuff. good that makes the good moments shine through really bright. That's true. That's true. Because um, um, the rest of the time you're swimming through a river of trash. And the river sticks, if you subscribe to our theory. Do you yeah. want to... We'll get there. Do you want to do a plot synopsis? Yeah, so... It's... Uh, so the movie opens up with Paul Blart and his daughter, Maya. Not Maria, but basically you're right. And it's it's essentially your plot. Um, he... In Paul Blart Mallcop 1, he saved the day from some mall shenanigans. And um, and then he's relaxing, uh, and the person that he married at the end of the first movie uh, divorced him after six days by letter. Uh, and then a little bit after that, his mom is killed by a milk truck. Mm-hmm. Um, which is on screen. That uh-huh. happens on screen. She's yeah, they out. brought back these actors for like two scenes, but mm-hmm. it's also explained away that they didn't want them for the second yeah, movie. Didn't want to be, I guess. Part of, yeah, didn't, did not want to be part of this project. And, well, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Did not want to be part of this project, or they didn't want these characters back for the second movie? I think what it is is that the movie... Constantly, viciously, and relentlessly bullies Paul Blart. Uh Uh-huh. The world is mean to him. And he's bad. He's not Mm -hmm. good. So, like, 
it it never gets to a point where you really pity him because he sucks so much. Mm-hmm. But um, we yeah. we've, we we're getting ahead again. I'm it sorry. It feels it just it just feels bad to watch him do his thing. So, um, Maya gets an acceptance letter from UCLA, and at the same time, Paul Blart gets a invitation to the. Security Officers Trade Association Convention in Las Vegas, Nevada, Soda. Um, and he tells Maya about it, and she decides to keep her news to herself uh, because he can't handle be- being on his own. He can't handle Maya leaving, so she doesn't tell him about it right away. And they go to Vegas, and... Um, he is convinced that he's going to be the surprise keynote speaker at the convention, which is something that he would probably know about ahead of time, but uh, he, mm-hmm. he thinks that's just going to happen. And then there's a lot of misunderstandings and a lot of people making fun of Paul Blart and a lot because of that's what the world does. Paul Blart being really terrible to the people around him. Um, and then... And then the movie decides that there's also an art heist going on in the hotel uh-huh. that they're staying at. Uh, and then for a while, we kind of get two different movies happening at the same time, which is the first one is the Paul Blart, where everyone's mean to the fat man. And then the other one is the inscrutable art heist. <laughs> it's wild how much of the energy shifts between those scenes. They, they really do. Um and then the two movies converge when Maya inadvertently wanders into the art thieves room uh, and then Paul Blart has to try to rescue Maya and uh, and he's successful. And then he 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 powers up and then wins. He powers up and then wins. Uh, he has help from friends. He um, Maya exploits the what's his name Vincent Vincent's Vincent. weakness, his allergy to oatmeal, by spreading oatmeal concealer on his face, thus killing him uh, mm-hmm. uh, to death. Um, he dies. He he is dead at the end of the movie. He mentions dying by oatmeal early in the movie. Yeah, he says that would kill me if I ate a if I ate a oatmeal cookie, if mm-hmm. if or even if that was close to me, that'll kill yep. me. Get that away from me. And then she puts the oatmeal all over his face. She kills a man. She Good kills job, Maya. a man because Paul Blart can't. Mm-hmm. He's too weak. Anyway. Now, there is an important part in the middle there where he's not going to be the keynote speaker. It's going to be some other guy. But then that guy gets really drunk and passes out from being um, having too much alcohol in him. And so they are like, well, Paul Bart, do you want to do the keynote speech after all? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And he's preparing and he starts hyperventilating in the green room. Uh when he's getting ready to go on stage. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure that's at the point in the movie where he does die. I'm I'm pretty I'm convinced he has a heart attack right then and there. He never goes out to, and does a keynote speak. Yeah, he never does the keynote speech, which everyone loves, and he never uh, Davina never falls in love with him because that doesn't make any sense. And well, that's the part where it she starts falling in love with him. Right. 
Or, the, or rather, well, where that, he starts convincing her that she's in love with him. That is the point of the movie, and it's like 25, maybe 30 minutes in, where and things just get it wilder. Completely, it stays off of the rails the entire time. Like, the first half of the movie, it gets off the rails, and then it kind of, like, goes, like, there's a reality check where he'll get hit by a car or something, and someone will be like, why, why are you in the middle of the street? But then that doesn't happen for the rest of the movie. Everyone just accepts everything that's happening, because... He's on his way to the mm-hmm. underworld. Did, um, is this one of the McElroy takes? I'm curious. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. They, they think he's unkillable. I think he dies. Okay. And I you think he dies here and the, the rest of it is a wacky adventure through the circles of hell? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is the symbolism with the, the sequence with the angel wings. The angel wings where he does, uh, infiltrate Cirque du Soleil. Uh huh. Um, so yeah. It's. I like your theory that he dies. Um, and let's just pretend that Maya escapes on her own. She did escape. She did. No, escape. she didn't. She wasn't. She wasn't in danger. Oh wait, she was in danger because she was trying to call him. No, it was around the same time. I think when he is in the room with Saul and Saul's excellent wife that I can't remember the name of right now mm-hmm. um i think that is like as maya is leaving the party so i think maya's at the party and that is normal ish you know in in the world of the movie at least uh and then and then paul Blart dies and then that's when she wanders into the art thief room which doesn't but make in, any sense but what actually happens is that she just leaves she just the goes party. back to the party and then learns that her father died of a heart attack right and then she goes to UCLA and be, lives her best life. Yeah. Cool. So that's mock footage this week. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for trying. There is, there is the bit at the end of the movie, too, where he does get kicked by a horse and bucked across the street into a minivan. He, and, if uh, he didn't die the first time, he definitely died here. Yeah. The thing that I think is really telling about that scene is where the sheriff whose horse kicked him, she comes over and she says are you okay? And he says, and he has the most serene and happy look on his face. And he says, no, I'm not okay, but I've never been better. And that might be because he is finally dying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to say. Are we getting a third movie in, in the circles of hell, like confirmed to take place after death? I, I think I saw somewhere once that a third one was happening, but I'm not sure if it was a fever dream or a joke or a nightmare scenario that I Paul Blart three mall sins. You said that <laughs> one of the funniest things that happens in this movie is when an old lady is uh, beaten up. Or uh, he pushes an old lady over so he can get to his Segway, and yeah. it was the most upsetting thing I said in recent note. The thing is that the scene where he does assault an old lady is one of the funnier scenes in the movie. And I'm so upset and that I re. I mean, it's that not it because of the elder abuse. It's because no, of her response. It's her reaction to it. It's <laughs> perfect. He punches her because he is startled by her. Uh, he thinks she's a art thief, and uh, then she's writhing in pain on the ground, and she says, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I startled you. I deserve it." And I'm like, "This is the nicest lady <laughs> you'll ever the meet." Pain from my arthritis. <laughs> it's 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie does a lot of things. It's challenging. It's challenging. Why is it challenging? Um, uh, I think you can find an answer for that. I mean, no, I was stating it as a this is yeah. a conversation topic for us. It is. It is. What are some challenging things in this film? Um, there's a lot of uh, self-depreciating jokes. Yeah. Now, I will say that you said... Not that I'm like... I really am desperate to run to the fence of this movie because it doesn't deserve it. But you said in your opening bit about how there was like a, a running gag where a lot of people were making fun of Maya for her body type. Uh-huh. Uh, which is not a feature of this film. And She's I was very happy about that. Never fat. She is never fat shamed. Kevin James is constantly fat shamed mm-hmm. in the movie that he wrote about himself. Uh-huh. Which says a lot about Kevin James. I guess. I'm not sure. Know. Kevin, well, let's talk. Let's talk, Kevin. Are you okay? Are you all right? It's okay. Yeah, there's a lot of, of of food jokes about Paul Blart, the mall cop. Um, there's like, I don't know. That's the bulk of it for me that made it really challenging. Yeah, the like hypoglycemia stuff. That stuff. Uh, that scene in particular was just bad. Where he where he, the ice cream was stripped on his face. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you had hypoglycemia, you would have sugar tablets on you at all times. But, yeah. sorry. But I also do believe that Paul Blart is the kind of person that wouldn't. Like That's fair. Despite, like, all of his, you know, ramblings about needing to be prepared and be secure, he's also the kind of person who's, like, cocky enough that would think he he's already got it taken care of. You know, I've got my bottomless bowl of peanut M&Ms. I, I, I know where to get sugar whenever I need it. I don't need to carry that with me. I need my vibrating fork so that I can turn it into a crossbow bolt later on in the movie. Yep. So I can murder a man because I know how to do archery with a fake bow. Yeah, with a prop bow. With a prop bow and my vibrating fork that I have... Uh, spliced into the power cables for the Cirque du Soleil stage, and I'm going to shoot it into a man's chest. And hope he doesn't die? And he, he doesn't die. That man's dead. Um, I do appreciate his resourcefulness. Paul Blart is a smart man. A uh, smart is a, a big stretch. It... I I feel like I re- okay. This is this is gonna get into some dangerous territory because it's been a long time since I've seen it. But I feel like I remember actually kind of liking the first movie and feeling like kind of kind of warmly toward it. And okay, I I feel like this one, and it might be the first one as well. But I feel like this one is just so mean spirited so much of the time. Yes, yes. There's a lot of like anger and mean jokes towards people mostly paul blart that aren't warranted by anything it just happens and i i I guess we're supposed to feel bad for him because he's going through a really rough time in his life but like i can feel that without people making digs at him you know like i did care for the fact that he lost 
right you know, and even wife and his mother and is dealing with the fact that his daughter wants to go off to college right even the fact that he is overprotective and has this pushback toward Maya leaving could be like you know that that's something that could be like a real character moment like mm mm-hmm. You know, like, we've seen this story a hundred times where the character, the dad doesn't want, the the overprotective father doesn't want the daughter leaving across the country, yada, yada. Like, whatever. But the fact that that news from Maya comes directly after the opening sequence, which, on its own, like, shouldn't be in the movie, where his wife divorces him and his mother is killed. Like, that all happens within the first five minutes of the movie, and you're seeing Paul Blart at his very lowest. Um, and like, it makes a certain amount of sense that he would be a little bit extreme when it comes to dealing with this news from Maya. But then he's also the worst. And it just takes all of the wind out of those sails. Uh huh. Like, I, whenever I thought about the fact that he was just the worst, it, or hold on, how do I word, how do I phrase this? I cared about the arc he was going through. I did not care about how terrible he is and how terrible people were towards him. Right, right, right. You you lose like you you lose your sensitivity to it very quickly. I think mm-hmm. it, toward the beginning of the movie, like there's a scene where Donna is that her name from Mall of America? Di- <sighs> Ericone. Yeah, hold on. Donna Ericone. Yes. Yeah, Donna. Okay. So and I. She implies to Paul, who is waiting in line, that he might be the surprise keynote speaker, which doesn't make any sense. Um, And then he gets that idea embedded into his head. He's like, oh, yeah, of course it's going to be me. I'm the big cheese now. And then 15 seconds later, he gets up to the hotel desk and the person behind the desk says, Heath. Yes, Heath, behind the desk, says, Oh, I'm so sorry, your room isn't ready yet. Uh, it will be ready shortly. Um, we will let you know when that happens. And he decides to, like, swing his weight around now because he's going to be the surprise keynote speaker maybe at the Security Trade Officers Association event that's happening there in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Dog, if the room ain't ready, the room ain't ready. Like, right. uh, I, I, I don't have any sympathy for somebody who's gonna be this pushy with uh, somebody who's working in the service industry, especially in Vegas. Especially for something that, like, that convention does not affect that, like, that yeah. staff in that hotel. Like, I get, like, they're still gonna be nice because that's their job, but... That doesn't warrant Paul, like, swinging around his pride. Yeah. Yeah, he's very prideful. He's Mm -hmm. very prideful. And it's not warranted or necessary. And I get it that, like, he's trying to, like, get back into, you know, a a place of comfort. Anyway. So is this movie about... Oh, no. This movie is about Paul Blart... Learning to overcome and swallow his pride. I thought you were going to say the seven sins. Well, probably all of them, but on first first watch, that I'm first watch with you. Um, first watch completely stone cold sober throughout the entire thing. 
Um, <sighs> he is very, very prideful for the first half of the movie until he dies in the green room. And immediately the first thing that happens to him is he uh, gets the snot kicked out of him by a bird while a man watches and smiles. And plays a beautiful melody on the piano. plays a beautiful melody. <laughs> now, is the rest of the, the movie after that a... No. Yeah. No, it's probably not about him swallowing his pride after that, but I, I, I like that idea. Uh, it might just be him going through the seven sins and overcoming the seven sins. Possibly. Possibly. There's I so mean, much... He overcomes Davina. Him putting onto Davina. I still hate this. I still highly dislike right. this. Right! Him putting on Davina that she likes him by profiling her behavior? Yeah. And convincing her that she likes him, and she, then... he's He wills into existence that she has a thing for him, which turns into her, like, being completely infatuated with him. He does the same thing with, uh... With the Nick at the bar, and uh, the woman that he's hitting on that does not want to be hit on by this very drunk man, and he convinces the woman, Paul Blart comes in and convinces the woman that she wanted the attention from him. And was feeling lonely and should be a little bit more kind to this very drunk, boisterous man who then immediately passes out from being really, over alcoholed. Really dislike the treatment of women in this movie. <sighs> yeah. All except Saul Gundermutt's wife, who is excellent in every yes, way. Very good. And Maya Maya was Maya was hit or miss, honestly. With how she was used. Yeah, fair. I mean, she, she was, was damsel great. In dis- I mean, Maya is great, was used as damsel in distress, but did learn the final... We She was so close to escaping. Yeah, she did but escape. She, like, she did through escape. her own machinations, she learned of, of a fatal weakness for Vincent, and she did escape their clutches, and then just, like, ran into somebody... Who knew she was there for no reason? I'm telling you, none of it makes sense. After like, none of it, none of it makes sense. Period. I mean, and then none of it makes sense. Period. Also, none of it makes like any kind of discernible sense after Paul Blart dies from a heart attack in the green room. Mm-hmm. Are they ever going to confirm this? No. Well, if Paul Blart Play Three never happens, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Then that's our confirmation. Then that's our confirmation. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. <laughs> Um, so we mentioned earlier while you were doing the plot that there is actually two movies going on. That That's true. One. Yeah. There's a heist movie going on, and I remember, like, hearing about that, uh, oh, from, from the Till Death Was Blart, but I didn't realize how stark of the contrast, mm-hmm. how stark the contrast was mm-hmm. between Paul Blart antics and... We have nine hours to complete this mission. <laughs> Update me on this mission. And then people are, like, covering security cameras and pretending to, like, fall over so that other people can do their heist mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. It's, like, very well done. And like Opening I get up high-tech that... computers. and Right. And I get that they're setting up the juxtaposition that there's this highly trained uh, heist squad versus Paul Blart, and Paul Blart wins because he's dead and therefore he has to achieve... You know, right. his victory. But it's still wild that they they were just making a second movie. 
Yeah. They were just like making a second movie. Yeah. I do love the squad that that comes out of the woodwork uh, at the end of the movie there. Um, Which squad are you talking about? I'm talking about Paul's security officer. Oh, friends. I love Saul the security Gundermott, squad. Con Mubi, Donna Aracone, and uh, the guy that I did not remember was in this movie, the belt guy. The belt guy, yes. <laughs> Gino Chizetti or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the squad. They're all very good. Con rules. Why is he wearing a cape? Oh, I just came straight from a haircut. Didn't need that, but that was fantastic. It was so good! He falls asleep. <laughs> Constantly. Uh, it's it's good. Oh, man. It's good. And there's a very well-choreographed fight scene. An incredibly well-choreographed fight scene. <laughs> because the, the, the reason why this scene is so brilliant is that security squad is bumbling is like trying to do a good job but they bumble and do accidents uh and accidentally win but you gotta choreograph that just right Right. exactly none of none of the big hits that they do are on purpose like all of their weapons are getting caught on things and but like they because of that they like avoid punches and like hit other people on accident and it works for them it's wild it is absolutely wild. Yeah, it was fun to watch. It was. It was weirdly fun to watch, especially toward the end when the <laughs> when the spy chick jumps off of Khan's crumpled body and does a flying kick into Donna's being, and she just stands there and takes it and says, "Oof," <laughs> wins the fight. It's very good. It's very good. Love Donna. Big fan. It's so good. And that could have been the end of it, but there's more personal Blart stuff afterwards with the helicopter uh, scene and uh, and Lucifer being there. We didn't even talk about Lucifer. It, that's not Lucifer. That's Amenadiel, his brother. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Some guy from Lucifer. Not Tom Ellis. Not Tom from Ellis. Lucifer's. Lucifer's brother. Um, okay. Can we briefly talk about the the point where the movie gave up on itself that just the brief moment where the movie entirely gave up on itself when they were on the roof uh <laughs> yes and the and vincent comes up and he sneaks around and he's behind lane who is maya's uh like love interest i don't know if we talked about him at all but nope lane and maya are are there and he's behind them and then he taps Maya's shoulder to turn her around and it's Paul Blart in a Maya wig and Lane isn't there anymore. But we clearly saw both of them cowering. We clearly in saw both of them. We saw Maya's pink shirt and Paul Blart was wearing a white shirt. There's... I think also there was never a scene where we saw Minikiss lose Minikiss was here. Um anyone take a wig from Minikiss. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even not even consider that. I, mm-hmm. I, okay. So you're 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 thinking that he is supposed to have picked up the wig from Mini Kiss. Uh huh. Okay. I sure. I mean I'm under the impression that this is this these two factors the 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 switch up and the wig are the biggest things that say that Paul Blart died and that this is uh you know the the afterlife journey. Uh, okay. I. I 
Sure. I I mean, it it kind of bums me out that there's possibly a some room for expl- maybe like the scene where he lifted the wig was like deleted, but maybe. Mm. It's still even even if that's the case, it does not make any sense that Vincent was behind the two kids and then and then was the two kids was Paul Blart in uh-huh. a wig. Exactly. Like they showed us that cut. Yeah. It was strange. So anyway, we can't do we can't like completely do till death do us blart. If you liked this, um listen to Till Death Do Us Blart if you haven't yet. And if you didn't like this, don't worry, we'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. Never. I mean, I'm gonna watch this movie every year at Thanksgiving. Because it's a terrible curse that has been placed upon me, but... Oh, man. Ray, would you recommend watching this movie to somebody who's never seen it before? No. Okay. Me neither. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't place this curse upon anyone. I'm sorry. I, I'm not I, sad I, that I watched it. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. I, f- I feel bad. I feel like we brought, I, f- I feel like I brought like a really, a really nasty, uh, stranger into this sacred household that we have. Mm. It's okay. Um, I like, I knew of them and they didn't say anything like extremely pro- problematic that made me want to like shove them out the window. Yeah. Just some, just the kind of thing that makes you roll your eyes constantly and you, mm-hmm. makes you tired. Yeah. They, d- this relative didn't get me that far. So it's okay. It's okay. All right. We're never inviting them back. No, no, not not here, not here. Nope. And if mm-hmm. if you're hanging out with them, I'm good. And I'll I'll go ahead and say this right now: if Paul Bart Molotov Three ever comes out, we're not gonna cover it on this show, and we're never gonna do the first movie either. So <laughs> there. Thank you for that reassurance. Let's leave. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Thank you so much for listening to Mock Footage. You can find us on Twitter at MockFootage or send an email to MockFootage at gmail.com. This episode is going to be a lot longer than I expected it to. Uh-huh. Uh, thank you so much to Chongo for the use of Hat Shop off of the album Hat Shop. What's the song we use? Hat of Serenity. Hat of Serenity off of the album Hat of Serenity. You can find it on Bandcamp. Thank you so much to Haley Rose for performing the introduction each and every week it's a live recording every time she does it the same every time it's fantastic. <laughs> she comes to my house and records it for me yeah, it's, it's very good um thank you so much to lunar light studio for allowing us to live in your home and even though we sometimes have nasty guests over like this one i'm sorry we did this one i'm, I'm really sorry about it we'll clean up after him mm-hmm. um yeah that that'll do it for us ray what was your favorite line from this movie you think I can remember anything? I don't. I was it. What was it? What was your favorite what? line from this movie, right? Uh, I want to know what you think. Oh, I always boy. swoop in with a suggestion. I'm not doing that this time. I know. I'm. I mean, my heart is gravitating towards. It takes the 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 pain away from the arthritis. <laughs> Shifts the focus away from my arthritis. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. <laughs>
Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.